Blog Talk Radio. Do you watch Fox News all day? Are you dizzy from conservative spin? Are you a birther or teabagger? You might be suffering from a condition called barachnophobia. If so, the only cure is Liberal Dan Radio. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on Blog Talk Radio. Warning, Liberal Dan Radio is not a substitute for doctor's advice. Severe cases of barachnophobia may require psychiatric help. This may prove expensive if Republicans repeal health care. Listening to Liberal Dan Radio may cause you to embrace things like facts, logic, and reason. If these symptoms last for more than four hours, you have been cured. For more information, go to liberaldan.com. Welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 347-838-8368. That's area code 347-838-8368. Or you can join us in the chat room over on the Blog Talk Radio page. Or if you're in the chat room and have Skype, you can connect directly to the show via Skype. Or if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can always leave your questions, comments, concerns, etc. on the show thread linked to on the page over at liberaldan.com. Apologies in advance, uh, just in case something happens with the show. I'm having a pop-up message on my little studio window saying that they're seeing problems with one of their recording servers, which may interrupt some shows that their engineering and product teams are investigating, and that they apologize and will send updates as they have them. Uh, It seems so far that the show is not being impacted by the problems, but we will see if the show uh, has problems or not. Um, Hopefully it'll be the latter. Um, But as always, let's start each show with a snarky look at this week's headlines. A class action suit over tuna fish was settled by Starkist. The tuna seller admits to no wrongdoing, but is paying a claim that the cans were slightly underfilled. The amount in the can seemed fishy to one tuna consumer. Caught in what some thought to be a net of deceit, Starkist will pay out $25 or $50 in tuna to all those claiming to have eaten their tuna in the time frame provided. Sorry, Charlie, you couldn't fool those consumers. In gaming news, Grand Theft Auto V now has a patch that makes the game look near photorealistic. Because when you are beating up hookers for the cash you just gave them, nothing is better than having it look real. Josh Duggar has checked into long-term treatment after the Ashley Madison scandal revealed him to have two paid accounts and exposed him as a continuing sinner after his child rape days. I am not sure what he is in treatment for exactly, because there is no cure for being an asshole. And finally, the free upgrade to Windows 10 was downloaded over 75 million times. As a Windows user myself, I really hope that I don't get what I paid for. And that was this week's headlines. Now, I've got a bunch of stuff on the show today. Uh, We have uh, Jeffrey from Library Chronicles blog, uh, also on Twitter, Skooks, S-K-O-O-K-S. Uh, He will be joining us at the bottom half of the hour um, to discuss 
New Orleans issues, especially Rising Tide X, uh, representing the uh, 10th anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. And that will be this Saturday. And if you're in the New Orleans area, it is free to attend. I will be doing a special live podcast from Rising Tide as well. Um, so you can either call in if you can't make it, or you can. Uh, I will have I have a brand new microphone. I have some new headsets that I got, and a bunch of splitters to connect them all, so I can have a bunch of people sitting around my computer discussing uh, various topics. And uh, I will also be giving a podcasting class, an intro to podcasting class, uh, after uh, keynote speaker Dira McKesson from Black Lives Matters uh, gives his keynote address. So it's all a bunch of interesting things that should be happening with Rising Tide. Um, I should have gone to many previous ones before, but at no, no better time than to start now. Um, and then that's interesting. After, and actually after that, uh, they're, they're actually having an event at the Smoothie King Center, which is also free for everybody to attend. Um, but I managed to get uh, some really good seats. And I'll be able to see all of the acts uh, playing and listen to uh, President Bill Clinton uh, give his speech to the uh, people and the, at that event. So that should definitely be interesting as well. Um, I hope to have some good audio uh, and video perhaps to share from the event, especially from uh, President Clinton talking. This will actually be the second time uh, that I've heard President Clinton speaking. Um, the other time was actually almost 10 years ago uh, when he came down to visit after uh, Hurricane Katrina hit and he spoke at the University of New Orleans campus. So that was definitely a, uh, and it definitely be an interesting thing to have happen as well. So lots of things going on today. I, I did, I guess I'll, I'll talk about the tweet of the week first and we'll get to that topic um, before we hit the commercial break. Uh, the tweet of the week is uh, short and simple. Uh, Twitter user at OBJKSHN. Not sure what that stands for. Um, and it basically is short and simple. This is how the female body can shut that thing down. Vote. Hashtag Women's Equality Day. Hashtag Women's Rights. And, you know, today is a Women's Equality Day uh, in celebration of the 95th anniversary of American women's suffrage. And um, I think they're, they're intending to have the release of a woman on one of our bills, on a piece of the currency. Um, it should be in five years, I guess, for the 100th anniversary. Um, and I liked the tweet just because of the fact that it was, you know, short, simple to the point, And it discusses the, you know, goes back to the Todd Aiken comment about, Women's bodies having a way to shut things down. Of course, women's bodies had a way of shut his, shutting his candidacy down as well, uh, which was good. And you know, there, there's so much left uh, for us to do as a nation um, to help, you know, many groups of people. You know, we still have so much so far to go on women, uh, women's rights, women's issues. Uh, they're under attack daily by conservatives. Um, we we cannot let we cannot let them get into power and get the presidency, get Supreme, more Supreme Court nominees on the court. Um, we we fought too hard 
for this to just go away and for rights to be eroded. These are people, the Republican Party, are people who voted against uh, equal pay for equal work. This simple idea that women should be not should not be discriminated against because they're women, you know, perhaps pay them lower pay for you know, years of service, uh, level of education, perhaps, but don't tell them that they're going to earn less money, you know, than their peers, than the people who do have the same amount of experience or at the same level as they are. Don't, you know, th this is the whole thing way back when with Lily Ledbetter and the Fair Pay Act. Not a, a sing not a single Republican voted for that. They wanted to shut that down. They wanted to for employers to be able to discriminate. And I don't know why. It doesn't make sense except for the fact that this is a party of old white men who want to retain their power by any means necessary. And they didn't see the problem with the ruling against Lily Ledbetter uh, when she sued Goodyear Tires. And if you don't know that case real quickly, basically um, the Supreme Court had ruled that the clock started ticking uh, not with each payment of a discriminatory wage, but with the first payment of a discriminatory wage. So the clock started ticking for her to be able to sue over that discriminatory wage. So... She basically was required by the Supreme Court under their interpretation of the law to be psychic and say, oh, they must be discriminated against me, so I'm going to sue now and then collect some facts. While in the past, they had examples of, of people who sued after finding out that they were being discriminated against, and that's when the clock started ticking. So now we have it fixed because that's one of the legislation that Obama promised to get passed and he got passed. Um, one of the great things that he's done as president so far is getting that Lily Ledbetter Fair Pay Act passed, making sure that the clock starts ticking uh, when the woman finds out and not when uh, the initial first initial payment of a discriminatory wage is made. So to me, it should be very simple. You, the clock should reset every time a discriminatory wage was paid. For some reason, Republicans didn't want that. Why? Well, you can you can be the judge of your own on that one. So let's go ahead. I'm going to hit the first commercial break, and I'll be taking your calls as well. Terry code again, 347-838-8368, or you can join us in the chat room as well. Um the after the break, we'll be discussing some things about the election. Um, I have another words of redneck wisdom for you that is amazing, and many other topics that we can talk to talk about as well. As uh, again, three four seven eight three eight eight three six eight. This is Liberal Band Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com. 
a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kind of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But Budget Ears is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. I am sick and tired of the propaganda in today's media. You know, we can't have a sane discussion about politics. Well, yes, you can, and it's on ROJS Radio Live with the girls, Monica RW, and Autumn I'm there every week when they discuss Michigan and national politics, job search, unemployment, and more from an independent laugh, sanity-based point of view. So, tune in. ROJS Radio Live, Saturdays and Sundays at 11 a.m. sharp here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman from the one. To call the show, it's area code 347-838-8368. That's area code 347-838-8368. You can also join us in the chat room and, again, leave your messages on liberaldan.com if you're listening after the live broadcast. Uh, You can always download episodes of Liberal Dan Radio uh, from blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. Uh, each show is also linked to over at liberaldan.com, and you can actually subscribe to Liberal Dan Radio on iTunes and download it directly there. Um, it's free. It's free to do. You just go ahead and listen, and you can listen to the show at your own leisure. Um, and I get to see how many people listen to me, and, and it's a good feeling, I guess, when more people start listening. So um, in the presidential election, uh, there's an interesting thing that took place where I think David Duke, everyone's favorite racist. Um, David Duke endorsed pretty much uh, Donald Trump, the Donald, for president. I guess Duke likes what he's saying. Probably having to do with the let's kick all the Mexicans out rhetoric that he's putting out there. I'm sorry, it's all the illegal aliens that you know, people are here in violation of our border policy, the people that he wants to kick out. I don't know how he's going to do that. He hasn't really gotten this not really to say it um, exactly how he's going to get that done, um, but he's you know being very Trumpish about it, being very abrasive. And if there's anything that can be used to describe David Duke, it's abrasive. So that being said. And now, this week's Words of Redneck Wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. I'm going to be frank with you, dear readers. I'm not a fan of David Duke. His morbid focus on the Jew problem is the hallmark of American white nationalism, but in my view is perilously short-sighted. It's like a man with cancer thinking that if he can drink just enough ginger ale, his stomach will eventually calm itself and all will get back to normal. Jewish Zionists are only a symptom of the West problem. Satan is the cancer. Christ is in the heart and hearts of the European people, of white people. Reconnecting with that spiritual vision is the only cure for that cancer. David Duke doesn't have that vision, 
Rockwell didn't have that vision. The paleoconservatives like Russell Kirk ought to have had it, but they were too afraid to grasp it. I want that vision or nothing at all. You have just heard more words of redneck wisdom brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. And there you have it. So, you know, being raised Jewish myself, I always Okay, being raised Jewish myself, I really, uh, um, I forgot that I let the music go a little longer this last time, just to, to give you some old, more culture after that horrific reading of that guy's blog. Um, he, uh, wow. Anyway, being raised Jewish, um, it always, you know, brings a nice warm feeling in my heart when I hear uh, people, you know, liking David Duke for his you know, focus on the Jew problem, but the, I guess I guess this guy's really saying that he he didn't really. The problem is is that he's focusing too much on the Jew problem and not enough on the other problems plaguing white America. Um, I almost expected a, a wake up white people uh, to be going on there. Um, so anyway, so. Um, speaking of the Donald now, because Donald Trump was again um, uh, in the news today, uh, Jorge Ramos is uh, a journalist, um, and he uh, works for, I believe, Univision, and he was wanting to ask the Donald a question about uh, his immigration policy and the Donald went ahead and kicked him out, um, making, you know, not winning over any fans in the Hispanic community, uh, with the exception of one of my Cuban friends who um, really, you know, loves the guy. I mean, he's, if, if you wonder who are these people who love Donald Trump so much and who, who really just want to, just get behind his campaign and see him be successful. This is one of the, it's the, it's the real, and I know a bunch of these people on Facebook and, and this one in particular, I know in person, they love his candor. They love the fact that he's willing to not be quote, politically correct. Uh, they love the fact that he wants to, you know, just take action. And, and I, I don't know if I want to do a whole show on this or not, uh, but I was in a very interesting debate today with him and some other people uh, over the simple idea of, oh, A, immigration. Um, that was a multi, multi-person idea. Several people on different sides of the, of the debate uh, dealing with illegal immigration and lots of people on the left questioning, well, what is this actual plan to deal with people who come here in violation of our border policy? Uh, and people on the right just, you know, praising Trump for being bold and and what they feel is decisive, even though I don't see it as being decisive because I don't see him actually giving a real plan on how to do it, except saying that he's going to make Mexico pay for it. Um, I guess he's going to be giving Mexico a good jobs program. I don't know. 
if he's if he's elected. I doubt he's going to get elected. I don't think he. I think his. I think he caps out at a specific high. He might win the Republican nomination, but I don't think he's going to. He, he can't win the presidency. It's uh, our country is not that dumb. We we. I mean, we elected Bush twice, but we're not that dumb. Um, I think. Well, I think a lot of people probably agree with me that Bush is harmless uh, as compared to what the harm that Trump could do. 9-11 happened on Bush's watch, if that says anything. Um, so there was that discussion. But then there's the other discussion as to, you know, the whole birthright, citizen, birthright uh, citizenship and, and are you a citizen by the nature of your birth uh, just by being born in the country? And clearly you are. And that's why most people who want to eliminate birthright, birthright citizenship will agree with the simple premise that in order to get that accomplished, you need to amend the Constitution. But no. Just like the crazy people who state that liberals are racist because they support abortion rights for black women, whatever that means, they also, they now seeming to say that the words of uh, under or subject to its jurisdiction uh, mean something different than being subject to its jurisdiction. That there is a completely different meaning that they're magically coming up with now. Uh, that I think one of the people debating the Fourteenth Amendment stated. Everyone else. I mean, I looked at some of the stuff up today. Some of the stuff is new to me today. Everything else in the 14th, everybody else debating the 14th Amendment before it passed, even regardless of whether or not they were pro 14th Amendment or anti 14th Amendment, would state that the effect of the 14th Amendment would be that people who were here, including, quote, those who trespass, i.e., people who are not here legally, uh, their children would be considered citizens at birth by the na- very nature of this of the law. But not only that, but the people in support of the 14th Amendment were saying that that was already the case. There was some interesting wording right there. And if I decide to do a post, I'll be able to pull out some of those quotes and give them to you. I don't, I don't have them all memorized by heart, by any shape of imagination. But I do know that enough of them were, you know, on both sides of the aisle said, well, if this passes, then we're going to basically be telling children of gypsies and and people from Asia, not how they was referred to back then, uh, we'll be giving the children of those people who have no allegiance to themselves, have no allegiance to us, citizenship at birth. And the people who were opposed to the 14th Amendment were like, that's why we need to not pass it. And the people who supported the 14th Amendment were like, this is why we need to pass it. So... Everyone was in agreement, except for their one guy who they're latching on to, apparently, uh, that this is what the 14th Amendment was going to do. Um, and now conservatives are latching on to this one guy. It's like conservatives who quotes uh, Scalia in minority opinions as to why the ruling is wrong. Well, yeah, Scalia can say all he wants why the ruling is wrong. That's why they allow the dissenting opinion to be published. That doesn't make the opinion wrong, nor does it make you know, him right. 
if, if you have the majority ruling and saying X, X is what goes on. It doesn't matter what Y is because the rule is X. It's as simple as that. Um, the topic of minimum wage is coming up again, too, in, in my Facebook conversations uh, with my friends and other people who I know. And um, you know, it's, it's just interesting just to see. You know, things as simple as economics, how people can disagree so greatly. I mean, I've found, you know, it's easy to find information online. I guess that supports either side. But, you know, all I'm asking for people is, is, you know, one person suggested uh, that, well, if the earned income tax credit and, and not having higher wages creates jobs, then wouldn't having higher wages reduce jobs, higher minimum wages reduce jobs? And no, it's, a, it's, it's not a relationship that goes both ways. It's not, and at least it's not guaranteed to be one that goes both ways. You could, if you're speaking in terms of logic, if A implies B, then I think the rule is, if I'm recalling it correctly, that not B implies not A. So I think there's there's a special you know four step proof involved in that. But if you're saying A implies B, you cannot say not A implies not B. That is not a logical conclusion that one can reach simply by looking at the first assertion. It can't be said to be that way at all. So that's another topic that probably will be discussed uh, at the end of the, uh, or, or next month when you know we continue doing the podcast. Um We've got a couple minutes before uh, the commercial break, and I did want to talk about, if you go over to uh, GoFundMe.com slash LiberalDan, uh, I've, I've revamped the GoFundMe. I've, I've directed it to be only about Liberal Dan Radio and not my other side projects. I mean, I can advertise Budget Ears or whatever, and I may do a separate one for uh, Budget Ears as well, um, just kind of to say, you know, for people to say, hey, you know, I've done really well. Um, at Budget Ears, I've saved money, and because I've saved money, I'm going to give you this, you know, amount of money uh, for for thank for saving me some. I'll give you some of it back, which would be, you know, an interesting idea. But that's what I'm doing for Budget Ears. For Liberal Band Radio, I'm changing some of the things around. Um, part of what I'm doing when I'm going to go to be at Rising Tide, I'm going to have uh, some bumper stickers and T-shirts with me. Um, I'll have bumper stickers also. Um, after that, so I, I anticipate having, if I sell out of the bumper stickers at Rising Tide, if people give contributions, um, you know, here I'm asking for 20 or 50. I might reduce it at Rising Tide. Um, I might, you know, I might see. But if you, you know, donate 20 bucks, I'll, I'll make sure you get a bumper sticker. If you donate 50, I'll make sure you get a shirt. Um, and I'll get you one of your size. And then I have, you know, other, I've, I've shortened down or slimmed down the amount of options to, to buy time on Liberal Den Radio. Increased it up a little bit um, for some of the things. Uh, left 10 minutes of advertising at 200 bucks, 20 bucks uh, um, for every 30 second, 30 second ad, I think it is. I think that's how it works out. 20 bucks a minute. So 10 bucks for every 30 second ad uh, that you get. Uh, 20 ads, or you can get a 160 second ad instead of a 30 second ad. 
Um, you can buy the banner ad on top of the Liberal Band Radio, have that last um, for a month. Uh, you can sponsor the Words of Redneck Wisdom. Uh, you can sponsor or any of the bits. You can sponsor Words of Redneck Wisdom, headlines, tweet of the week, uh, first choice, the first purchaser, etc., and get a 30-second ad and get a, you know for commercials for a whole 12 months. I can sponsor the studio. Uh, so when I say that welcome to Liberal Band Radio, talk from the left, that's right. Uh, coming live from New Orleans, Louisiana, I would instead say coming live from uh, the so-and-so studios uh, in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, so that's another thing I would say. Uh, and you also get commercial advertising with that too. Uh, $3,000 to sponsor the, the main hour of the show. And then I've made it, you know, I've increased the price a little bit, uh, a little bit, you know, for additional hours. The reason I'm doing so is because um, the more hours I have to put into the show, which means the less hours I have to work in. If for some reason I was able to get uh, three-hour shows each day um, for for 12 months, I would have a lot of shows, to, a lot of shows to prep for, and I wouldn't have time for pretty much any other thing. So. That is what I'm doing uh, with GoFundMe. Um, I ask that everybody, um, you know, you don't have to give as much. You know, you could just drop five bucks, even if you give a dollar. I would be more than happy for you to give me a dollar and say, hey, you know, I think that Liberal Band Radio is a good radio show, good podcast, and I would like to see it expand. Because that's the only way I'm going to be able to advertise a show and get stuff out there, is to have the show expand, uh, get some you know, money coming in here. And, you know, it, it might be nice to uh, have some, um, you know, because of that little span of unemployment that I had for a little bit, uh, it would be nice to be able to recoup some of those losses that took place in that time. So, anyway, let's uh, go ahead and take uh, the middle commercial break. And when we come back, Jeffrey should be on the line, and we will discuss uh, all issues pertaining to New Orleans and Rising Tide X. Taking your calls as well, area code 347-838-8368. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Production of Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. The United Auto Workers and Deere & Company have opened negotiations on their next labor contract. The UAW represents 11,200 workers at Deere and 11 UAW locals. UAW President Dennis Williams says the key to a good contract is one in which UAW members prosper, John Deere prospers, and customers prosper with our products. The UAW and Deere will negotiate a master agreement covering Deere operations in Illinois, Iowa, Kansas, Atlanta, and Denver. As approximately 39,000 workers continue efforts to reach a fair new labor contract at Verizon while resisting concessions, one of the people on the bargaining team for the unions says continual wage and benefits erosion for U.S. workers is a huge problem. IBEW's Miles Calvi told Workers Independent News that the incredible wage erosion is unsustainable if the American middle class is to survive. The incredible erosion of wages has taken over where everything is going to be just slowly, slowly decreased. 
People live in houses. Uh, people aren't going to be able to afford houses anymore. Rents are going through the roof. Well, after a while, people aren't going to be able to afford that because they just can't the way the trend is going right now. Nobody's kept up with inflation. I just read something the other day, 33 years since uh, wages have been at the same level as inflation. 33 years. Air gas workers, including drivers, plant operators, and fillers in Islandia, New York, will become Teamsters. The workers voted to join Teamsters Local 282. Keith Gleason, director of the Teamsters Tank Hall Division, says nationally the Air Gas Company has recently changed its attitude toward hardworking employees. He says this vote for a union there is what happens when employers disrespect their employees. The Teamsters represent 40 other bargaining units at Airgas. The company is headquartered in Radnor, Pennsylvania, and employs more than 16,000 workers. A New York coalition of nail salon workers is supporting calls for required wage bonds in the industry. Coalition says bonds are needed to cover wage theft claims that arise because nail salons have a history of closing up shop when a wage theft case is brought, claiming inability to pay. Governor Andrew Cuomo wants a bond requirement. Julie Kelly, general manager and vice president of Workers United New York, New Jersey Regional Joint Board, says the bond requirement is an enormous step forward in holding employers accountable. Workers Independent News is proud to be heard on The Union Edge, Labor's talk radio, live nationwide weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. at theunionedge.com. Workers Independent News is brought to you with support from union-owned and represented Bank of Labor, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. Bank of Labor offers a business visa card with no annual fee and points earned with every purchase, as well as rental vehicle and travel accident insurance. More info online at bankoflabor.com. You've been listening to WIN, Workers Independent News. For more information, visit laborradio.org. The 10th Annual Rising Tide will be held on August 29th at Xavier University in New Orleans. And if you haven't yet attended a Rising Tide conference, this is your year. Civil rights activist D. Ray McKesson of the Black Lives Matter movement will headline the event. McKesson has used social media to organize grassroots protests in the wake of Michael Brown's shooting in Ferguson. Over the past year, McKesson has become a recognizable and controversial figure. Fortune magazine recently rated him number 11 on the list of world's greatest leaders. Journalist and author Gary Rivlin will also be a featured speaker at the event. Rivlin's latest book is Katrina After the Flood, which was just released this month. Gambit hailed it as one of the definitive books covering the Katrina aftermath. Kierkegaard's Reviews says it was deeply engrossing, well-written, and packed with revealing stories. You won't want to miss his presentation either. In addition to two great speakers, there will be a full program of multi-track content discussing political, environmental, and cultural topics. There will be something to interest everyone. Rising Tide is an all-volunteer event. The NOLA Blogger community after the flood created an event that has become the premier new media conference in the Gulf South. Rising Tide aims to be a real-life demonstration of Internet activism. Most importantly, it is freewheeling, uncensored, and a hell of a lot of fun. Plus, there's always a great lunch. Admission is free this year, so visit risingtidenola.com and register today. Welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 347-838-8368. That is area code 347-838-8368. Um, the next guest uh, is heavily involved with uh, the Rising Tide Conference. Uh, he has his own blog, uh, Library Chronicles, or as some people call it, the Yellow Blog. Uh, and you can follow him on Twitter at Scoops. 
S-K-O-O-K-S. And without further ado, uh, I'd like to welcome Jeffrey to the show. Thank you very much for calling in. Hey, Liberal Dan, what's up? Uh, I'm doing great. Very, I was very happy when Mark uh, told us uh, told me that uh, you would be representing Rising Tide on the show. So um, I've definitely had well, some uh, good um, discussions with you in the past, and we've had some interactions on Twitter and on, especially on Oyster's blog, which is Mark's alter ego, uh, the right right hand your right hand thief. Um, more years ago than than you know, I've, it's been a couple of years since I've been over there. So, uh, but yeah, no, nobody nobody reads blogs anymore is the thing, which is why why we're so excited to continue to present this, you know, bloggers conference that we do every year. <laughs> why the heck not? Um, yeah, no, I wanted to congratulate you on the branding of your show. To be honest with you, like Liberal Dan Radio, is I mean, people know what they're getting. Like you just yeah. we're going to tune into Liberal. We're going to come for the liberal, and then we're going to stay for the Dan. But yes, they know I mean, they know that's what they're getting. It's it's, it's brilliant. I like it. Well, I, I have to give credit where credit is due. I used to call in uh, to the John Oslin program back when it was on Rush Radio, and I'd be like, hey, this is Dan from Algiers. <laughs> and Oslin would be like, oh, it's liberal Dan. And and <laughs> each time I'd, I'd just call in, it's like, hey, it's Dan from Algiers. And, oh, hey, liberal Dan. I'm like, ugh. But it got to be where I would actually beat people out in public, like random strangers or new coworkers, and somehow it would come up that I'm, you know, that I'm Liberal Dan. And there you go. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I just met Liberal Dan. I would go home and tell my wife I just met Liberal Dan. I'm like, what? <laughs> really? So it's, <laughs> it, I was like, well, I have to do something with this. Of course, that started my podcast and made the blog. And I got banned from Rush Radio uh, by their producer because I was seeking advertisers, as if the advertisers that I would seek would also be advertisers on Rush Radio. Right, sure. You were going to bring in all of Rush's people. That's the, yeah. that was, you were going after all the gold bugs and all the uh, people looking for male enhancement and, and all that stuff. I mean, I, that's right. That was right there in your wheelhouse. Is, Absolutely. Is basically, and they they didn't want to, they didn't want to lose that goal line from you. So I, I can totally see how that would happen. Oh, I mean, and, and especially during political season when David Vitter is going to, you know, advertise, I'm sure he's, he, I'm sure <laughs> he's just waiting for me to ask him to advertise on my show because he's probably sure. too shy to not, to just come up and ask me in person, you know? Sure. I mean, yeah. and, and like I said, it works great for, for a podcast. I mean, you, you know, we know we're going to go, this is the liberal show. Yeah. I um I don't know, I don't know if you listen to uh to 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 Ralph Marlboro's Saints podcast, but um for a long time they called that thing the Chronic Podcast, and, that, <laughs> and it was about football. So yeah. people got really confused, but not not <laughs> I was here. Rather confused too. What, what, I, I'm not going to listen. If I'm listening to the Chronic Podcast, I'm not expecting Saints Radio. No, no, you're you're thinking of something completely different when you tune into yeah. that. So anyway. So let's before we get off the topic of Saints, though, I'm glad you you gave me that good segue because I wanted to, you know, you made a very big issue a while back about the color of Saints pants, and I, and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to just basically just why is it important? Why is the Saints pants color important? Well, it's not, and that's <laughs> why the, it is not important at all, and that specifically is why we had to make sure that it became a. Citywide, if perhaps even Gulf Southwide issue, 
because that's what that's what sports is all about, Dan. You have to find the most ridiculous aspect of it and make that the thing that you're talking about, because otherwise people get bored. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, that's reading, you know, reading your blog, reading your tweets. My wife is very excited to hear that you are my guest because she loves your tweets, and she says, "I don't think there's anything I disagree with him on." She probably agrees with you more than she agrees with me. That's a shame. I don't know what to tell you about that. I don't know why people read anything that I ever say or listen to anything that I ever say. It's just the, the Internet is a very stupid place. Especially Twitter. Oh, yeah. It's the stupidest. That's why I'm there all the time. Twitter, Twitter is, is almost as bad as the NOLA.com forums. No, no. no. The NOLA.com <laughs> forums, that you can't even say Fred Hebe in, in the NOLA.com forums or your comment gets zorched. Twitter doesn't do that. Not yet. But you know, uh, maybe they're working on it. Uh, my my main experience over there was like the Kenner Town Hall and, and those people. I, oh, that God. is a that is a place of scum and villainy right there. If I've ever seen one. No, you're right. Earlier earlier <laughs> I heard you. You were talking about you know the mentality of Trump voters and and and, and what what are these people really like? What are Trump voters really like? And I mean if 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 you haven't read the NOLA.com comments, then I can understand you know, people not being familiar with this. But if right. you if you spend any time there, then Trump should not surprise you at all. You're just like, okay, well yeah, there's there's Donald Trump. Yes. And and you know, basically if you don't and I don't recommend the Nola.com forms at all. So basically but that is basically your example of who is going to be voting for Trump. The very, very right. angry people who are just mad. Mad about everything. They are President Obama. <laughs> That's right. I can, and then we can talk about the, uh, the we can talk about the presidential election uh, a lot more. And when we see you uh, this weekend, I'm sure. Yes, absolutely. So uh, one thing, I mean, one thing I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be having just, you know, I might have got a whole bunch of new equipment. Not necessarily, I'm not going to call it fancy, but new equipment, at least to enable me to be able to have multiple people on the show at the same time, sitting around a computer and talking. So you know, anybody That's who great. wants to, is, anybody who wants to is going to be able to come up to the mic put on some headphones and just share their experiences about either during Katrina, after Katrina, about the rebuilding, things they're happy about, things they're sad about, uh, things they wish that they were, were addressed more, et cetera. So that's going to be, you know, that's going to be something that I hope people take advantage of. I think that could make some, for some, a really good podcast. Um, that is fantastic. We really appreciate you doing that. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I appreciate you all having me too. I mean, it, it, it's definitely, you know, I'm definitely, I, this is, I think the most excited I've been about the podcast in a while. Uh, so, um, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to coming out and, um, I have some, I have a, a few, uh, I'll be wearing my new, hopefully they're, they'll be finished by Friday. Um, I have a new, new t-shirt for the show that I'm going to be wearing too. So it should be interesting. It's, it's, it's election themed, but you know, it should be, oh, great. Hope, hopefully people will be getting a laugh. Um, yeah, no, fa I mean, fashion is a, is a big part of rising tide. I mean, you have to, you I mean, if you're, if you're not doing something that's, stylish then i don't know even why you're why, why are you there in the first place and if there's anything that liberal dan radio knows it's fashion <laughs> <laughs> anyway so so let, tell everybody like how did you get involved with rising tide um you know what uh what caused you to to, to be uh, such a big part of it um and, and and to keep it going for all these years oh boy well that's that's a big one you know there are so many people uh, who have contributed to this conference over the years? It is, um, it's, it's a, it's a remarkable thing to to watch happen every year, and it's, and it's, it, you know, it, it's, it comes with its own, 
I don't know, you know, it's, it's frustrations and it's, it's just, it's, uh, yeah, it, the intensity and everything. But it, at the end of it, every year, you, you just take a step back and you go, wow, you know, um, we really, we really did it. Um, it's, uh, it, it's, 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 it's amazing to me because it's an organic thing that happens. It's, it's, it's the early, uh, you know, what you call social media nowadays, um, but at the time that our conference came together was the blogosphere, you know, just because that was the only social media software anybody had. You know, there wasn't even any Facebook. There wasn't any Twitter. Um, there wasn't even any MySpace at the time, to be honest with you. Uh, we, um, it, 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 it was just a, a time when um, every, everyone who was uh, using the Internet to talk back to the news daily was, was had a blog, you know, and then there were, and there were, there were lots of them. And then um, after Katrina happened, it really became, uh, it, it went from, you know, people playing around trying to use the internet to figure out how it works to, to really, uh, you know, people talking seriously about what was happening in their community. And, um, and, and they, you know, we eventually reached out to one another and we met every, everyone, um, there were, uh, over a course of several events. And then at the end of the first year, uh, we decided that you know the thing to do was to bring everyone together and to talk about what was happening what had happened to New Orleans and what's going to happen to New Orleans and not from a uh the perspective of you know the New York Times coming into town to write their think piece or uh you know whatever Ray Nagan was saying or whatever you know whatever the powers that be had to say about it. We wanted it to come from you know us. And from right. the people who were living it, and and that was the original spirit of the thing, and it has continued to be the spirit of the thing year over year, and it's uh it's just it's it's something that if, when you take a step back and look at it, you really really you, you're very proud of, I guess. And you know, it, it's great that it's been going on uh, this long, um, and you know, I guess I'm sure one of the uh, one of the toughest if not i guess happiest things i guess that might might take part during rising tide uh is uh the Ashley Morris award um and right. one of one of my favorite i i was unfortunate to never have gotten to meet him in person um but one of my favorite times on the internet uh was i think it was right around when everybody in 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 some of the media at least is starting to see through the Jindal facade. You know, you know, I had, you know, from day one. A lot of us, some other <laughs> people had since day one. Uh, but it was like, you know, your Clancy, Clancy Dubos in particular uh, was just starting to kind of see uh, that, you know, his gold standard was more like pyrite and when it came to ethics reforms. And it was basically just me and Ashley Morris on um, – his website on, on the best of New Orleans, I think on, on Gambit's website, just, just completely just, just one after the other. It was like a tag team, like handicap match where I said thing, I tagged Ashley, Ashley said thing. Yeah. It was just a great thing. And, you know, I know he's still missed by a lot of people, um, in, in, in the community. Um, so, and I guess, you know, is it just the secret as to who gets announced it every year, who gets announced that award or, Okay, so yeah, let me let me talk a little bit about uh, how the Ashley Award works. Um, well, you know, Ashley right. Morris, who you mentioned, was a uh, was was one of the uh, the the bloggers in the, our. 
I guess the original circle of, of NOLA bloggers who, uh, right. you know, brought a lot of people together. Um, and and, and, and before I go, I use, wait, before you continue, I usually don't do much cursing on the show, but you're allowed to quote him. <laughs> oh, good. I was going to ask you that. That's, that's, that's good. Um, we, um, you know, one of, one of his, uh, you know, iconic posts that he wrote during the middle of, you know, what was, I guess you would call it the height of the, you know, the, 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 the push from all parts of the country about whether or not we should rebuild New Orleans and, you know, how we deserve what we got and, and, and everyone from all the rest of the country telling us what they thought we should do. Uh, right. Ashley wrote this just, just vitriolic, but, you know, also very erudite, uh, profanity laden post called, and I'm going to fuck you, you fucking fucks. Yeah. And it just went on and on and on. And that became kind of a rallying point, rallying point for a lot of people. And it still is. And it, it's, it's actually, you know, something that we, uh, we kind of, we, we kind of think of as a motto at rising tide sometimes. Um, but to explain to you a little bit more about how, how this award works, so Ashley was a, um, yeah, he was he was he was uh, someone that we all kind of uh, glommed onto in in in, so, in some respects. But um, after he passed, we decided that we were going to uh, honor his memory um, by you know sending a, giving an award at Rising Tide to the blogger from that year who you know, represented the, the spirit of, of what Ashley was doing. And, and that could have, it, it could mean so many things. It could mean, um, you know, writing with a lot of passion about New Orleans, or it could mean, you know, doing something impactful or, 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 or meaningful with, with uh, social media or with new media that really made a difference in New Orleans that year. And there have been some fantastic uh, honorees, um, I don't know if you know uh, Matt McBride, uh, who wrote, uh, who is a critic of the um, of the of the Corps of Engineers. Um, yeah. He was one of our, our recipients. Uh, Karen Gadbois, who is the founder of the Lens, um, mm-hmm. was a, an Ashley Morris Award recipient one year um, for the work that she did uh, exposing the Ray Nagin um, uh, scandal with the uh, uh, the housing redevelopment scandal. Um, Jason Barry, who you may know as Dambala, um, right. the American zombie blogger. Uh, yeah. Kristen Harris. Um, Lamar White, I'm sure you know as a friend. Yeah. Um, he uh, he was a recipient. Deidre Johnson, who was better known as G-Bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg Peters, the late Greg Peters, was a, an Ashley Morse Award recipient. Um, he was a, 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 a satirist and, and cartoonist. And then last year, Jason France, who you might know uh, writes a blog called The Crazy Crawfish. She's a critic of uh, school reform in Louisiana. Yeah. So that's a that's a that's a hall of fame almost of you know really important New Orleans centered and Louisiana centered bloggers who uh, who we think are people that you know we admire every year. And there's one you know coming this year. We'll have the tenth one, and I'm sure everyone will will like this person. So okay, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I'm sure, and, and I'll be, whenever it's announced, I'll make sure to announce it. If it's announced, uh, do you know what time it's being announced? Or Yeah, I can tell you right now on the schedule. It's right before uh, DeRay speaks. Um, we are at, actually, Morris Award is at 1.30. Cool. So awesome. that'll be well, a, a big deal. It'll be definitely after my show, but I definitely look forward to seeing, uh, you know, who that is. And the um, you know, speaking of, you know, education reform, though, that's one of the things that, 
you know, have you seen the um, cheerleader puff piece that Tulane put out about the the school um, the school system and how wonderfully it's doing? Well, I mean, they put one out every couple of months, don't they? Is that you know not just kind of de rigueur for them? I, I think I, I mean I'm sure they do, but this one was was rather new. Um, I think either this week or last week, and it was you know uh, it was really I'd say awe inspiring, but vomit inspiring is probably closer to the to to the to what they're basically saying and basically talking about all you know oh there's still work to do but we're we're seeing all these improvements and then if you actually look into the improvements it's not really all that great <laughs> I mean huh. I, I I have I have a six year old and I have a two year old and so the six year old is in kindergarten this year and you know between no first grade this year um, and the, between our issues we had a over um, at a school over in the Bywater, and I live in Algiers. Uh, we had them over there for the first year because of a bunch of promises that were given us that they failed to come through on every single one of them. Uh, the next year, you know, we luckily got into our first choice, but, you know, whenever anybody talks about school choice, I always think about, you know, I always say, there's, I don't have choice, I have a lottery. You know, uh, right. and to get into this specific, specific school, there are some extra hurdles you have to jump through above and beyond just simply putting in your name and on, on the one app. Uh, but, right. you know, so, so it makes your parents who really are putting forth the effort uh, will, you know, maybe more likely to get into such a school. Um, but I, I right. know and, parents and, in that school. I know, I know parents at other schools who have, you know, three kids and each of their kids are in different schools and they, sh- when they could, when they're in the same grade range of, you know, they're all in elementary school, but they have to take them to three different schools. Right. So in, in, in a lot of the time, you know, just the luxury that you have available to navigate that system, you know, is, is a determinant in how, what school you're in, um, what kind of choice you actually have. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's such a huge thing. Um, I don't know if you've been paying attention at all this week to the gigantic spotlight of, showcase panels that have been going on, you know, sponsored by the city all week. Um, but the uh, the Atlantic uh, had one on Monday where they talked about education reform. And that, that panel was almost completely stocked with, you know, just, you know, you know uh, uh, John White was there and um, other <laughs> charter school reform, you know, cheerleaders were on the panel. Um, right. The only person who was there who who was reasonable whatsoever was Dr. Arn- hey, Liberal Ben here. Unfortunately, the program was interrupted by technical difficulties, and we could not continue the interview with Jeffrey. Uh, but however, you could see both of us at Rising Tide this weekend, uh, this Saturday, April 29th, over at Xavier University, if you're going to be in the New Orleans area. Uh, otherwise, I am going to be live broadcasting from there, and you can call in or leave comments on the show page as well. Uh, so normally I would say until next week, but until Saturday, uh, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right.